Welcome to the Good Fight Radio Show, a program dedicated to bringing you vital and uncompromised truths that you won't hear in the mainstream media, discussing contemporary issues in light of the Bible and how these issues relate to family, culture, and the church. The heart of this show is to glorify Jesus Christ and expose the works of darkness as he is commanded in Ephesians 5.11. Now here's your host, Good Fight Ministries' own Chad Davidson. Welcome back to the Good Fight Radio Show. I'm your host, Chad Davidson of Good Fight Ministries, and with me as always is the president and founder of Good Fight Ministries and pastor of Blessed Hope Chapel in Simi Valley, California, Pastor Joe Schimmel. How are we doing today? Um, very thankful and praising Jesus, bro. Amen to that. Also with us, as always, is the show's producer, Tony Palacio. How you doing today, bro? Praising God. He's Praise good. God. Well, today, I, I want to get right into it. You know, we always like to try to thank our Patreon, those who have come alongside of us on Patreon, and, and we do, we are blessed by that, and if you want to support, that's awesome, but we have a lot to talk about and a little time in regards to the subject, because it is a hard subject to talk about, but what we were just praying before is that people would fear the Lord. Uh, when it comes to this, and that those uh, victims, and we're going to talk about the victims here today. What we just prayed about. What yeah. we just prayed about. Those victims would not look and see this wicked person as the image <laughs> of yeah. Christ, but that they would recognize their faulty image, the phony image that they portrayed, and who Christ truly is, and recognize the standard of righteousness is Jesus, and how far off the false standard uh, truly is when somebody isn't walking in the love and light of Christ and his commands. So we're going to be talking about Ravi Zacharias because this is a big issue right now in the Christian church. I think a lot of people are saying, what am I supposed to believe? Are the things that he said no longer valid? Whatever it may be. In all honesty, that is not the point of the episode. The point of the episode is to show where we should have apprehensions, where we should say, wait a second, who am I listening to and why? And I think this is a great place to start. And for those who listen to 511 News, you've heard of talk about this, but I thought it'd be great, and Joe thought as well, to actually hear it from him because he was the one who originally, and this goes back to now 2009, I came to Joe's house with friends, we were all hanging out, and I said, hey, I found this new person that I just started listening to on the radio. He has a Sunday Sunday show here in, in Southern California. His name is Ravi Zacharias. I think I'm learning a lot from him. I was an ex-atheist. He's got a lot of apologetics towards atheism. I said, what do you think about this guy? And Joe, what was the first thing you told me? Because I remember. <laughs> yeah, uh, I told you that, hey, you know what? I mean, I think Ravi had a lot of great things to share, but I think he was largely void of preaching scripture, teaching the word of God. So I said something to the effect you'd remember better than me about yes. him not really preaching the word. That was exactly what I remembered when I brought him up to you. And then I would start listening and I would notice that a lot of the answers were simply intellectual jargon and a lot of it, a lot of, you know, great speeches and telling stories about the Middle East and all these places. But the word of God was something that I didn't see. And, and that's fine. If you say, hey, I listen to a lot. I heard the word of God all the time. Okay. But I'm letting you know. That he said that, that was his original apprehension. And then after listening, I said, you know what? I, I agree. I'm not hearing that. And, and there's more than one reason, as you'll get into, I know in a minute, yeah. that I had apprehension and why I was concerned about Ravi way back then. And I believe the Holy Spirit gave me a check because uh, there's apologists and so forth. And we're we're apologists. We love apologetics and we love uh, theology and we love, you know, exegesis of scripture. <laughs> we love all those things. 
And Ravi, I would consider one of the better apologists, no doubt about it at the time. Yet I had some checks, and you'll yeah. get into another reason a year earlier that something I went through and taught the congregation and warned the whole congregation about him a year earlier as well. But uh, I've always approached, and, and 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 this is you know not just persuasion, but this is also I believe based on a hunger and thirst for the Lord's word, His righteousness, meditating on His word day and night. So. When it comes to, like, say, Christian books, if I'm in a Christian bookstore, and now you, we, you know, there's a lot you do online. We used to, we've, we've had a number of trips over there to, uh, uh, you know, it was over archives there by, back yeah, there. archives. <laughs> it was called a huge volume place, yeah. and it's it's just gone now. But whenever I look at Christian books, uh, and I and I have to look maybe through hundreds and or who knows how many in maybe four or five hours if I've traveled a bit, is they might have a great title, and have, it might be even an author that I respect and so forth, but I'll thumb through those books, and you probably do the same thing. You guys probably do the same thing. If I don't see a scripture, or I don't yeah. see a lot of scripture, I'm very unlikely to buy it. Amen. If I don't see any scripture, I mean, I'm sorry. It's <laughs> Unless to, it's to expose, you might. <laughs> yeah, you know, and I mean, yeah. there's some things, you know, I'll read that are somewhat philosophical, like yeah. Christian philosophy to degree and so forth, but even that has to be bolstered by scripture. So, it's the same thing with uh, people that share. If I'm going to be listening to someone who's sharing, I want to hear them sharing the Word of God. Amen. Because our words are not more important than the Lord's words, and I don't care how good you are at philosophy or what have you. So that was one of my concerns. I was just shooting straight with you because you're a newer believer and something else that I had gone through with Ravi a year earlier, which was even more pertinent to what we're talking about. Amen. And I think this all comes back to the deutimus power, right? The the dynamite power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we weren't, you know, you weren't the only one that noticed that part. And I will say, when I asked you this, it was a two-part answer to why you you had some apprehensions concerning Ravi Zacharias. And like, like I'm saying, this is not something where it's anachronistic. We're just going back and reading this back into history. This is actually what took place. And this you go is, listen to my message in 2008. It's there. And the, warning about him. And this is why you've never heard, you, you don't hear him slotted on the Good Fight Radio Network. Yeah, right? We have a number right. of teachers because of these allegations and so forth. But he not just up. that. But it was before that. It was yeah. the, it was the do, is there the deutimus power? Is there the dynamite power of the gospel of Jesus Christ? Amen. And you didn't find that there. And, you know, what's interesting, and, you know, Ray Comfort is somebody we have on the network, you know, and we do like a lot of his stuff. Obviously, you don't agree with everything, Ray Comfort, but he's got some great stuff. Uh, I think his evangelism, we've gone out sharing the gospel with him before. Um, and he had originally had written about, you know, you know, sad and condolences and so forth of Ravi yeah. uh, when Ravi passed away. But then he just wrote this in response, and I thought that's really interesting with what you had said. And then reading this, because I I believe this is in line with that thinking. He said, the big lesson we should all take from this tragic situation with Ravi is to listen to our apologists and ask, are they preaching sin, righteousness, and judgment? Are their hearers being impressed with eloquence, or have they been awakened to their terrible danger? Do they tremble, as did Felix, after hearing Paul preach? Intellectual preaching produces intellectual converts who name the name of Christ, but are strangers of the new birth. Yeah, there needs to be repentance, still with sin, Amen. righteousness, and, and judgment. Uh, so and that's interesting. Uh, and I love that about Ray. You know, he, he came to the fore. He realized, okay, more of his life was unfolded. And Ray yeah. realized, wait a minute, man. This guy doesn't seem like he's just born again, you know. Uh, and I don't know where he was early in his life or if he fell away or what. But, Chad, maybe you can share for a couple minutes because some people may be listening like, 
wait a minute, my, I've heard Robbie Zacharias' name, and what's going on? They don't realize the sex scandal and everything that was not just a one-time deal, which would be bad enough, but several years long. Can you share, maybe you should give that context. Yeah, let me get that context before you get into the second apprehension. Yeah, sounds uh, great. You know, that that, that uh, brought you to the conclusion you did. Because Ravi Zacharias, when we, have, when we originally had our meeting back in 2017 concerning what teachers we were going to have on the, the Good, Good Fight, Fight Radio, Radio Network. Yeah. And Ravi Zacharias was brought up by Doug. And I said, hey, guys, this is before you even interject. I think I beat you to the punch because you probably would have said it anyway. <laughs> but I said, I said, hey, guys, there is some smoke here concerning mm-hmm. some allegations. And so whenever there's smoke... Typically, it's happened that there has been fire. Yeah. And in this case, there was a woman named Lori Ann Thompson who had come out and said, you know, that he was acting inappropriate, inappropriately with her. And a lot of the allegations had to do with him texting, uh, even sexting uh, with her. Mm. And a lot of what was going on there concerning the allegations was it was coming to light because he was suing her or Ravi Zacharias International Ministries was suing her because she tried to extort him for the relationship that they were having. And I, you know, it's kind of hard to to read some of the, the stuff, but what happened was that he was so aggressive in denying it that now after what has come to light, which we'll, we'll get a little more into later, what has come to light it's really been an embarrassment for Ravi Zacharias International Ministries as yeah. a whole because even some of the people that worked at Ravi Zacharias International Ministries, even some of those guys were quelched and pushed down and reprimanded for saying, wait a second, maybe something did happen. Yeah. And so the here, here's this is from a, a Washington Post article. It says, after aggressively denying sexual, sexual misconduct allegations made in 2017 by Lori Ann Thompson, a former follower, and her husband, um, and portraying the couple as extortionists, the report referred to the Thompson's case but said investigators did not have enough data to fully assess it. Now, this comes from Ravi Zacharias putting out that they had a firm look into the situation yeah. that happened. Independent firm, yeah. And wa- an independent firm. And say, and they, they actually came out before the entire study was done. Before they were done looking at all the evidence, they came yeah. out before that and said, yeah, okay, just so you know, we're gonna fi- you're going to find some stuff. Yeah. And what happened here is Lorianne Thompson specifically talked about how Ravi Zacharias ministry said sorry, but they never really pointed out specifically what they were sorry for. She's like, even my children, I make my children do that. Now, don't get me wrong. Her relationship was obviously uh, in sin, the way that it started and so forth with Ravi. But I will say that he did use his position. And it's wicked to think. He used his position specifically with her as a spiritual leader to gain uh, this this inappropriate relationship. To and say to, the least. To yeah. say the least. And this is before we get into what has really been uncovered in this yeah, independent investigation. But but we wanted to give a little context before jumping back and forth and wondering, what is he talking? What did Ravi do? And one of the problems that we, I've seen specifically, even on our Facebook page, where we've been reporting this as much as possible, because, hey, this is the thing. You don't, you don't have faulty weights and balances with how we look at people that profess to be Christ. I don't look at the Catholic Church and say, the Catholic Church is wicked and these priests are molesting little boys. Therefore, but then, we should expose them and they should be dealt with. And, amen. You can't stop there. And then say, oh, well, when Todd Bentley does it, 
I'm going to be quiet. Or when yeah, Ravi does it. starts with the house of God. Not that, not that Bentley would be part of the house of God. That's yeah, not and the case. It doesn't sure. look like Ravi either. But, but nonetheless, it, when we look at these things, we want to make sure we're saying checks and balances. Because we had a ton of people write like, uh, he's passed away. None of this came out after. Uh, actually, it came out well before he passed away. Yeah. And the sad thing is, no matter how ministry. much evidence. Yeah. yeah. You think Ravi, want, Ravi Zacharias International Ministries wants to have this out there on, on the foray? Who on earth wants to be attached to that ministry right now? Yeah. Absolutely no one. Yeah. I know I don't want to be. Yeah, it's heartbreaking. <laughs> right? I didn't want to be before. And that brings me back to the point. You had already noticed Word of God, not there, but somewhat subjective, right? You know, you're like, hey, I just, this is my opinion. I don't see that. But one of the things that you said was he was invited, and I, this is before I was saved. So I wasn't, yeah, a year I, before I didn't understand. 2009, 2008. 2008. So I, I came to Lord January 19th, 2009. So, you, you know, a little less than a year before I was saved, he was at an event where he apparently agreed to not use the name of Jesus. How, how did yeah, this go down? Yeah, it was the, uh, you know, the United States or the prayer, prayer breakfast, and he was, uh, Tony, you got the exact date of that? Um, the exact date? Uh, no, I only have the article that wrote okay, about 2008. it. Okay, 2008. And what we could do, we'll, we'll put a link up there yes, as I'll find to it. when that took place. And then what you can do, Tony, is you could put a link to the message I did the week that that was happening or a week after, right around that time. On Sunday morning, I did the entire message because what had happened was he was teaming up with uh, the Dobsons, I think Shirley Dobson, uh, James Dobson's wife. They were quite popular then from focus on the family, uh, uh, notoriety, and so forth. And that prayer breakfast, if they were going to do it, they and they were going to have the certain people, to you know, it was somewhat, not ecumenical, but it was ecumenical enough to where they didn't want them to use the name of Jesus in the prayer. And they had agreed, Ravi Zacharias agreed to do the prayer, be part of the prayer breakfast, or I should say breakfast, but the just, you know, this, you know, U.S. prayer, prayer time to... Not use the name of Jesus in his prayer. And to me, that was, it's one thing that he doesn't use a lot of scripture. I had a hard time with that, personally. But if you are going to agree to go pray, but, oh yeah, don't worry, I won't use the name of Jesus. To me, for me, that would be for me, if you asked me to do that, and I said, yeah, I won't use the name of Jesus. I'll go and pray, I'd love to pray, but yeah, don't worry, I won't use the name of Jesus. To me, I feel like I'm denying the faith. Amen. Okay? So, uh, and I did a whole message on how we're not supposed to be ashamed of his name. And folks that are listening to this, you might want to catch that message uh, because I remember it fires some people up in, in a good way. But it was just being jealous for God's glory, you know, and thinking, what in the world? Who are you if you're going to, you know, for the sake of notoriety, fame, you know, uh, you're not furthering the gospel, you know, in fact, what you're telling people is they don't need Jesus and that they could deny his name. And I, you know, I went through certain scriptures. I can't remember all the scriptures I used in that message, but I do use scripture because I don't feel like all, what I have to say is all that important outside of scripture. Amen. So, uh, and of course, the Lord can give us insights and he does and so forth. But those insights better be based on helping people better God. understand yeah. the word of God and who the Lord is yeah. and, and so forth. So I just think, uh, I think that's part of the warning that I was giving you was that hey, I have a lot of apprehension about him because he would help <laughs> yeah. use the name of Jesus. Uh, and also, he doesn't use a lot of scripture. And by the way, I'm the kind of guy, you know me, Chad, for some time, and Tony, I love apologetics, you know? Yeah. And I, I love, uh, you know, people that have the ability to share apologetics well, which he did. But when there's something else glaring, I just know for me to do those things, and, and to me, not to use it, there's something going on in my heart. And I didn't want to say where he was at spiritually. I just was saying, hey, when I see something like that, I just, 
even though I might be attracted to some of the heady type teaching and apologetics, I would rather spend my time. If I have a check, I'm not even going to go there. But I had a double check. But if I just had a single check, hey, he doesn't use a lot of scripture, I'd rather listen to someone who uses more scripture. But when I had the double check, I had distanced myself from him for years. Yeah, and I think when we look at these things, and, and it's really, really important, and I, I couldn't emphasize it more, you know, having the Word of God, the, the Word that does not come back void. Amen. And, and just thinking, you know what, I got some stuff that I'm going to use instead of, not, not alongside of. But instead of, instead of yeah. it, it just that's key. It, it's it seems you know obviously preaching on sin righteousness and righteousness and judgment is important. But you know what's interesting is Zacharias uh, was proven to be a liar, and this is one of my concerns because something that we had hoped. Yeah, this all came out much later. But th- this it came was out much later. Yeah, par for the course, I guess. And and we had talked about it. Man, I hope he got right. Right. Yeah. We all say that we don't yeah. pray. We're not Catholic. Right. We don't pray. Don't pray for, for the dead. For yeah. the dead, but. We want to make sure, you know, we say, hey, the fact is, love hopes all things, and the hope is that he would get right. I also pray over and over and continue to pray for those who were damaged by Absolutely. the wickedness yeah. and the hypocrisy, not just those who maybe loved his ministry and loved learning from him and all of these beautiful things that, oh, this is great that I'm learning from him, and they're hurt, but yeah. all of these women that he Touched, grope, and so forth. Because I'm going to read because yeah, now from it's it. plural. It's not you know one would be bad enough, but and this is what we know. Yeah. Could you imagine? I don't. I don't want to know anymore. Yeah. This, Did he own this like a part owner of a massage parlor? A massage parlor. Yeah. And uh, so here's here's what uh, here's what the report says. And this is uh, f- uh, from the Washington Post once again. It says some spa employees said Zacharias would grab their breasts or crotches. One said Zacharias raped her. The report said. His phone had 200 photos of young women, including some who were naked. After Zacharias settled with the Thompsons, the lady, uh, Lori and Anne, Anne and her husband, after he settled with the Thompsons financially in 2007, he issued a statement saying his only error was engaging in an, quote, ongoing communication with a woman who was not his wife. He said he had not, in 45 years of marriage, here comes the lie, engaged in any inappropriate behavior of any kind and reiterated that he had long made it a practice not to be alone with a woman other than Margie and his daughters. Not in a car, not in a restaurant, or anywhere else, like a spa, right? The report said, so check this out. That's what he said. But the report said, and in the year after suing the Thompsons for alleged extortion, Zacharias received more than 50 photos from another woman, including nudes, one of which came the day after wow. he made that statement. Yeah. I mean— The timing, yeah. Uh, I mean— And the hypocrisy. And, yeah. I, I, I read that, the, the and I, I had to reread folly it. folly of feigning repentance. Could you imagine that? Yeah. Oh, I, sh- I shouldn't have had the ongoing communication— Here's my statement. I shouldn't have had this ongoing communication, but I've never done any of this while your phone is buzzing yeah. with a naked picture of a woman who's not your wife on your phone. Right. I mean, just I just I can't even fathom that. Yeah, I, uh, it's the difference between regret and repentance. You know, Amen. The Bible says worldly sorrow leads to death. Amen. And godly sorrow leads to repentance, and worldly sorrow there's regret, there's still sorrow. The 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 world is filled with sick or, you know. Sin sickness. People are sorrowful under the weight of their sin, and they're—it's all over the place. You see it. You see it in people's eyes, 
but they're not repenting, you know. And then when you get somebody that's a leader in, quote unquote, you know, Christian ministry, and he's feigning repentance, and maybe he's sorrowful that he got caught, but he's obviously not repenting because to repent means a change of heart, you know, a change of direction. And evidently, he continued down that path. Yeah, and and this has been something that we've seen, you know, throughout these these. You know, like you said, the the non godly sorrow, this opposite, this worldly sorrow. Second Corinthians seven ten. And yeah. and I mean that's an outright lie. He was yeah. engaging in an inappropriate behavior whilst making that statement. Yeah. I mean, you think about that. So his heart was hardened. Paul says, "See to it that none of your hearts are hardened by the deceitfulness of sin, and falling away from the living God." You know, and we have to all guard our hearts and make sure that our hearts are soft. And part of that is remaining uh, accountable to the Lord and to one another. Yes. Being an open book, you know, and oh. evidently he wasn't. So no, and open. I, I'm so glad you're you're bringing that up because I I really do believe a lot of this has to do with having a body of Christian believers, right? The body of Christ, the assemblies yeah. of ourselves as brothers and sisters in Christ to encourage one another to love and good deeds, to hold each other accountable, and somebody like Ravi traveling every day right, and so forth, that would be very difficult to have that. Not that God doesn't have the office of evangelists and so forth, right, but the office of apologist is actually non-existent in the Scriptures, right? The office of evangelist, yeah. on the other hand, is existent right. in the Scriptures. We do see that. And that means you're preaching the gospel, man, and you're Christ-centered, <laughs> Christocentric. And, and one of the things, and I think this is a good segue here uh, on this, one of the things that you know, that you've done as as a pastor with, with elders is to have certain parameters or have certain protocols, have certain things that you put in place, things which apparently Ravi lied about, and, and things that you've put in place. What are some of the things that you've put in place so that these things, not that it's perfect, people are still going to fall, people are still going to be deceitful, and, and, you know, and, and so forth, but what are some of the things that you've attempted to put forth in your ministry to make sure these things don't happen. Yeah, the thing is, if you put in various safeguards, I love what Paul talks about, you know, it's no problem for me to, again, give you these safeguards, or Peter uses similar language, hmm. in, uh, that's in Philippians, and Peter does that in First Peter, uh, he doesn't use, uh, or Second Peter doesn't use the word safeguards, but to put you in remembrance again, is uh, those safeguards will keep you from falling far more likely, you know, to... So from the very get-go, when I began pastoring, uh, I had the privilege and the opportunity to make my wife my secretary. That right away made things, kept me out of harm's way as far as having a secretary. Uh, I don't believe personally, it's just my personal conviction. I don't see it in scripture. Maybe it's an argument from silence, but I don't believe the apostle Paul and Peter went to offices and hung out with an attractive young lady as their secretary several hours a day in behind closed doors. I don't see it in scripture. You know, first of all, they're on the road a lot doing evangelism, but even the pastoral ministry, we're called to be above reproach. And that means without, that means beyond accusation. So you want to be, the Bible says abstain from all appearance of evil, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 22 and 23. So, uh, and the Bible says make no provision for the flesh, Romans chapter 13. Amen. So all those scriptures and others come to mind uh, that, as a, as a new pastor, I had already, prior to pastoring, been doing evangelism for years and ministry with my wife. So I already had a protocol with my wife just as a married couple that I wouldn't counsel women alone. I'd been teaching the Bible for some time, doing evangelism, speaking at different churches for years. In my, as, you know, I started speaking in you know, my teens 
and then at churches pretty regularly in my early 20s. And, uh, but I already had a protocol with my wife prior to being married and we got married that we wouldn't hang out with the opposite sex alone. So when I became a pastor, how much more so for the sake of uh, not having no appearance of evil. So my wife became my secretary. I'm not saying your wife has to become your secretary. There's pastors that aren't married. Uh, there's pastors whose wives, you know, my wife homeschooled uh, and so forth. So I, I really kind of didn't want to reinvent the wheel. But you know what? I made my main office to this day. I mean, I visit my office very rarely in the church building because... Uh, I, I'm in my office most Usually of my life. Usually it's with your wife for counseling. Yeah, right. Yeah. And we're not used to getting counseled, right? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, no, for counseling I'm other people. <laughs> Sorry. Not that we would never need it. I'm sure yeah. there could come a time we need it, you know. But uh, but praise God, hopefully not, because, you know. <laughs> so, uh, sorry, sidetracked you knows? there. But no, but yeah, yeah if it's you're right. If I'm if I'm in that office, a lot of times I'm with my wife counseling yeah. someone else. If I'm counseling a woman. Or the elders. I won't yeah. counsel. Yeah, or... You know, so, but usually, you know, I'll counsel alone if I'm counseling a brother or whatever, you know, and, uh, but if I'm counseling a sister, her husband's going to be there. If she's single, her, her friend's going to be there or my wife's going to be there. So, uh, so, and, and by the way, I, this has been so liberating. It's so liberating because not only does it keep you from even visiting the idea of being tempted, take, let him who thinks he stands, take heed lest he fall. 1 Corinthians 10, 12. Right before that, Paul says in chapter 9, verse 27, I beat my body down so after I preached the gospel to other people, I myself would not be rejected. And he's that word adakamas. Everywhere yeah. he uses that word, it's of damnation. Yeah. Uh, so he's not talking about just being put on the shelf. And then Paul goes on to talk about many who fell and that they're, you know, they're examples to us that we're not to fall the same way they are. Let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. That God gives a way of escape that we can endure temptation. Well, guess what? That way of escape is often not entering into temptation in the first place by making sure you're in a position to where you're not in a mode to be tempted. So I'm not around gals alone, you know? And I'm human. I'm as human as everybody else, you know? I'm as susceptible to temptation as everybody else. But if you walk in the Spirit, you don't fulfill the desires of the flesh. So with regard to the protocols we set up was, hey, you know what? We don't. And if you're going to become an elephant's fellowship, you don't counsel women alone, you know? Uh, so... My wife became my secretary. I don't counsel alone. My main office is in my home. I have different places in this facility, like right here. I spend time here. I spend time next door. I spend time in my office downstairs. I spend time in the for, in the in the sanctuary preaching. You know. Yeah. So there's I spend a lot of time here in, in different respects, but most of my study time, ninety eight percent of it is in my office. And by the way, guess what? My wife could come in. She has my. Uh, she comes in at any time, several times a day, you know, by cell phone. Could be anywhere in the house because now I can speak to my watch, you know. But and they, they, everybody has my passcode. It's my, my cell phone's an open book, you know. Yeah, so yeah, I don't man. have to worry about, oh, pictures. No, my mind doesn't even go there. I don't even think yeah, in yeah, terms man. of, oh, I'm going to download a picture that I can check out, you know. It's like, why would we do that when our lives are vapors, that they're short? We only have so much time to reach people for Christ, you know. Yeah. Today is the day of salvation. We want to leave a legacy for our kids. When you read that, Chad, my heart broke for his daughters. You know, I didn't I know. realize he had daughters. I was like, oh, Lord God, yep. please help them, you know, and uh, and, and his, his poor wife, too, you know. So uh, let's all, all of our brothers and sisters, everybody's listening. This isn't something, well, yeah, you're a pastor. You should do those things. I want to encourage you, if you're married, you know, make sure you have stipulations whereby you can protect that marriage. You should treasure your wife or your husband and make sure you go the extra mile 
to preserve that legacy for your children. If there's been a fall, repent and get right and make things right with Jesus. Make things right with your family. If you're a single person, abstain from all appearance of evil still and be pure until you're married. And, and then when you're married, the marriage bed's undefiled. You're still pure. Now you can be together, you know, but let Christ be, let Christ be the object of your adoration and fo- focus on him and stay in his word and you'll be blessed. Amen. You know, I, I just want to add one more thing to that. And if you have the ability and you have a, a wife that loves the Lord and you're in ministry, uh, keep her involved as well. You know, Amen. Uh, She's my teammate, man. Yeah, amen. You know I'm, that, Chad. So is your wife. It's, uh, same thing. Yeah. My, we just got back from Mexico sharing the gospel down the streets, and I know that I wouldn't be able to do any of the stuff that uh, I'm able to when do I with the Lord alongside with I frequently say the people were counseling premarital. My husband's always made me feel like a teammate, you know, and the Bible says we're joint heirs with Christ. Amen. So if you can do that, please do that. Amen. You've been listening to the Good Fight Radio Show brought to you by Good Fight Ministries. If you're blessed by this show and would like to partner with us, please consider visiting our Patreon page at patreon.com goodfight. Or you can write to us at P.O. Box 2202, Simi Valley, California, 93062. Or call us toll-free at 1-866-JC-TRUTH. That's 1-866-528-7884. We hope you'll tune in next time on the Good Fight Radio Show.